Okay. Good morning, everybody. The stomach of my mother. I'm in the middle of everything here. Okay, a little more details than we need to know. Okay, good morning, everybody. So, um, we are on Yutes Amad Beis. We are about 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 22 lines from the bottom. Tashma. So, we, uh, today's share should be for a continued, that we ask Kosh Baruch Lomecha, on over Israel, and all the Chatufim uh, should be returned safe and unharmed, and Refuah for all those who are injured and for all Chol Israel. Okay. So we are now. So towards the end of the line, right across two lines up from the Tosvos, the Rov Aronos. So if you look in the Gemara, two lines above from that, where that Tosvos starts, we are at the end over there. So we started talking about the concept of Kavod Abrios, human dignity, when it clashes with a mitzvah from the Torah. <coughs> Yesterday, we discussed the first exception to this rule is a case of derabanans. Whenever there is a mitzvah derabanan that clashes with kavod abrios, we say kavod abrios wins out. And the example, the beginning of the Gemara was discussing if someone is wearing kalayim or shatnis in the middle of the marketplace, does one go, have to go ahead and immediately uh, pounce on him uh, and disrobe him, and we saw there was a machlokas between the Rambam and the Rush, how to interpret it. Is it only when you're wearing it yourself? That's what the Rush interpreted as, meaning only if it's on yourself. But if someone else is wearing shatnis and doesn't know about it, he's not aware, he's a shogeg, and therefore you do not have to go ahead and disrobe him. As opposed to the Rambam said that if there's someone wearing, even if you notice it on someone else, you should certainly pounce on that person. Okay, so now that was the first, the, the Gemara gave an example where it's a Durabanon, and if you have a Durabanon versus um, Kavarabrios, Kavarabrios wins out, meaning if it's only Kilayim Midrabanon, it would win out, okay? Meaning if it's a Mitzvah Midrabanon, then Kavarabrios would win out. That was the first exception to the rule. Number two, Toshma, Godol Kavarabrios. So now we're going to discuss the next case. So we're saying now that, um, where are we? One second, let me make sure I have the right place. Okay, perfect. Okay, so, and by the way, the other examples we gave was walking through a cemetery, if it's just a base of pras, if it's only tumad rabbanon, because it was, uh, it was plowed over, or the case where you, the Kohen jumped over the aronos, we jumped over the, the coffins to get to the, uh, to get to the, greet the, the melech, those were cases of the Rabbanon. The Gemara continues now. <clears throat> come, come listen, come here. Bring your proof. Godol kavod abrios, greater is human dignity, shedoche losasa Torah. It does go ahead and override a losasa, a negative commandment in the Torah. And from this statement, it suggests that it, doche, that it overrides and supersedes all the losase, all 365 losases of the Torah. Va'amai. Why should we say that this, this Kavod Abrios, human dignity, overrides losase's negative commandments? After all, Lema, shouldn't we just invoke the same Pasuk that we invoked yesterday from Mishlei, Ein Chachman Ben Tvunav Ein Eitzah, the Negan Hashem. Whenever there's a direct contradiction, a direct clash between Kavod Abrios and a losase of, or a mitzvah in the Torah, we know that the mitzvah of the Torah wins out. We don't give any credence to Kavod Chachamim when it comes to, <clears throat> comes to um, um, defying Hashem's commandments. So why does we say that, that uh, Kavod Abrios overrides and supersedes the Losase? 
So you know what the Gemara says? Tir Gemara Rav Barshasha Kamei Rav Kana. We're not talking about a all low sasayes in the Torah. When we say Kavod Abrios wins out, we're not talking about all the low sasayes in the Torah. Rather, beloved losasar. We're only referring to what the Chachamim went ahead and instituted. In other words, originally when we say that that on the line earlier that Gadol Kavod Abrios Shadocha Lo Torah, the implication was that it overrides all three hundred sixty-five negative commandments comes along and says that can't be because we just said if you have a Minah Torah, a Torah, biblical prohibition and, and Kavod Abrios, biblical prohibition is one, next in the hierarchy is Kavod Abrios, and then anything rabbinic. So the Gemara says now, it's not talking about, Kavod Abrios does not supersede all Losasseh in the Torah, only the Losasseh. What is the, the love, the negative prohibition of Losasseh? <clears throat> in Parsha Shoftim it says, you, that you're not allowed to deviate right or left. When the Chachamim go ahead and institute something, you cannot deviate from their words. You have to listen to their decrees. Don't deviate to the left. Don't deviate to the right. We'll discuss that a little bit further later on in the shir today. But that's, it's not referring to all 365. It's specifically referring to this one negative prohibition. <clears throat> Do not deviate from what they tell you. The Gemara says, all the purple people who heard this started laughing at this, this suggestion. After all, Lo Sasser is still a negative commandment from the Torah. It is biblically mandated that we have to listen to the Chachamim. Yes, it's given the Chachamim power, but it is a mitzvah in the Torah. So you're not helping us out at all by saying it's only Lo Sasser. <coughs> Lo Sasser is one of the 365 negative commandments in the Torah. So how does that help the... It should still be that this mitzvah overrides and supersedes Kavod Abrios, not the reverse. <coughs> Now, in this laughing, when they ridicule this answer, they were assuming that when he says Losasor, that Losasor overrides, um, that Kavod Abrios only overrides Losasor, we have many, many applications of the Chachamim Divrei Chazal instituting halacha. For example, we have something, Allah Moshe Messinai, that's not one of the 613 mitzvot, but it's given the power even more than a Rabbanon, but it's not Minatorah. For example, we say every morning, Rabbi Shmuel says there are 13 um, applications or how we can um, we can derive laws that's also but that's a higher level than let's say when the Chachamim go in and institute a boundary when the Chachamim give a Takana for example don't carry Lulav on Shabbos like this past year we did not carry we had no mitzvah in Torah of Lulav this past Sukkot because the only day the only day that you're actually obligated in Torah to take Outside the Mikdash, right, is, is day number one. And it was Shabbos. So the, the Chachamim went ahead and instituted a Takana. That is not on the same level as something that we learned from a Kalva Homer or something from the Yud Gimel Torah, uh, uh, Midos, Shatorah, and the band. So when they went ahead and they started laughing, what do you mean that Los Sasor, that's, that Kavod Abrios overrides Los Sasor? They had in mind that he's referring to everything rabbinic, no matter how high or low on the rabbinic spectrum it was. So what the Gemara says, they laughed at him, and he says, you're not helping us at all when we go ahead and we question that statement. How does Kavod Abrios override a lav minatora? And you're saying to Losasar, that doesn't mean, it's still a lav minatora. How does that help? So the Gemara says, Amar of Kahana, Gavar Rabba well, stop with the mockery. A, a tremendous person, a great Tamachachim, went and gave an answer, don't laugh at him, don't ridicule him, don't disparage him. 
What was he meaning? Rather, he meant Komili de Rabbanan Asamchinu de Lablosasar. Bishum Kavod to show Rabbanan. All the, rab- the rabbinic laws that are predicated on the mitzvah of Los and the Torah, the, <clears throat> in other words, anything that comes from the Chachamim, it's predicated on this Pasuk. But that's what he was referring to. Just to the Takanos and the Siagim, Dal and Minim, for example. Um, you know, uh, don't, carry on, don't, don't carry Dal and Minim on Shabbos. Don't blow shofar on, on Rosh Hashanah. He wasn't talking about all the mitzvahs that Minat Torah that the that a Torah and Drash has been the higher level rabbinic ones. He was talking about the decrees that the Chumim make that are empowered. The teeth behind any rabbinic decree is from this Pasuk of Losasar. But he wasn't referring to every single Daraisa. Uh, <clears throat> In other words, even within what the Chachamim go ahead and institute, there are different gradations, different levels of this of the teeth, of the strength of their takanos. Losasar gives them the power to go ahead and to institute halachos, and we have to listen to them. And we'll see what it means, even if they give us the wrong pasach, we'll see whether we have to listen to them in a few minutes. But what he's saying is, you're not violating losasar. It's talking about the power that the Chachamim were granted by this pasach when they made takanos during that time. Not talking about halachos Moshe Sinai, not talking about anything that we learn out from Rabbi Shemal's 13 Midos, but just what they institute, anything that's based, that they say, at, 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 for example, if today Rabbi Goldberg was to give an example of you know, um, go ahead and if there's a hurricane coming, God forbid, don't sit in your sukkah. That would be a takana that we have to listen to based on the fact that the, that the Torah says losasar. But you're not telling you to violate losasar, just telling you those things that the Chachamim tell you that they're relying on losasar, you can go ahead and violate. Meaning for Kavad Abrios, we'll win out. Okay, so now, the Gemara says, and Mishum Kavad for those, that's an example where Kavad Abrios would win out. So the Gemara continues, Toshma, I'm going to ask on that as well. <clears throat> the Pasuk says, we know that we have an obligation to go ahead and to return any lost object. The Pasuk says, If you see your friend's donkey um, straying from the path and walking away and you notice it, don't go ahead and close your eyes. You're obligated to go ahead and return it. Now, later on it says, um, and then it also says, You're not allowed to close your eyes a, a pasuk later. Why does it use the double ashon, don't close your eyes, you're not allowed to close your eyes? So the extra limur, the extra words, obviously the Torah doesn't waste any real estate, so there must be something to be learned out. The Gemara Bar Metziah Daf Mem learns out from that. <clears throat> there are certain conditions, there are certain circumstances where you can actually turn a blind eye and not go ahead and chase this animal, or you don't have to go ahead and perform the mitzvah of Shavas Saveda. You're not always obligated to perform the mitzvah of Shavas Saveda. What are those examples? If all of a sudden you see a basketball rolling into the, uh, into the uh, cemetery and you don't see any kid running behind it, thankfully, um, you're not obligated to go ahead and return it because you're a Kohen. And if you're a Kohen, you can't go ahead and become a Tommy yourself. You can't go ahead and purify yourself by go, defile, ritually defile yourself by going into the cemetery. Another example, If a Tamachacham or a Zakin is walking by and he sees something in muddy waters that, that appears to be some, belong to someone, he doesn't have to go ahead and roll up his sleeves and walk into the muddy water to return it. It's not Bekavadik for him. So there are certain parameters which will get us out of the mitzvah of Hashavah Saveda. So the Gemara says as follows now, I don't understand. Of oh, the last case, 
if my time is worth so much money, let me ask you a question. If I go ahead and I chase this donkey and it takes me an hour and I return the donkey to the owner, am I allowed to get paid by the owner of the donkey for the time that I invested? The answer is yes. But usually we forgo it because it's so minimal. But what happens if you're talking about a guy like Elon Musk where every hour he makes is, I don't know, a million dollars and he spent an hour of his time, assuming it was active income, not passive income, but let's say he spent an hour time chasing this donkey. So he can say to himself, the donkey's worth $1,800, my time is worth a million dollars. It's not worth it for me to go ahead and to spend an hour of my time. So that's an example. Does that, he, so does he have to buy him a new donkey? No, that's a good question. The answer is no. The answer is no, but that's a good question. No, that would be a valid example because he doesn't pay himself. He takes out loans. That's what I said, active versus passive. Very good. Okay. So now, so, but the point is, if it's going to cost you more, to, the opportunity cost is going to be greater than what you're actually saving, your potter. Your All these cases, these are cases where you're actually allowed to close your eyes, turn a blind eye, and pretend you don't see it. Why should we say that the Kohen doesn't become tummy? That the, why not, we'll just say, in other words, it, we give an example that the zakein doesn't have to become tame, uh, uh, dirty. When does Kavad Abrios, this is a case of Tumah, this is a case of Minatora. Why should we say that the zakein doesn't have to get dirty for Kavad Abrios? There's an obligation of a Shavas Aveda. Hashavas Aveda is a Mitzvah Minatora, yes? And yet, <clears throat> And yet we say that he doesn't have to roll up his sleeves and get all muddy and wet and dirty. I don't understand. When do we say Kavad Abrios wins? When do we say that a mitzvah min Torah wins? We just said this Pasuk, when it comes to anything affronting Hashem and defying His commandments, that Kavad Abrios takes a back seat. So why is the Zakein allowed to say, I don't want to get dirty, I don't want to get all muddy, it's going to be degrading for me, I don't want to return the object. Everyone understand the question of the Gemara? The Gemara says, Shaini Hasam, Dechsev Salamta Mehem. Here we have a specific Zerus HaKasav. The Torah is giving you a formula, a way out of it. If the Torah never said, Vesalamtem, in the certain times you're allowed to close your eyes and turn a blind eye, then we would never have the authority to say that sometimes you can turn a blind eye. It's only because the Torah goes out of its way to tell us, Vesalamtem, the double Lashon tells us, you're right, normally you cannot turn a blind eye, but under certain mitigating circumstances you're allowed to. Had the Torah not told us that, you're right. He would never be able to go ahead and absolve himself from turning it. So the Gemara says, <laughs> If that's the case, that there are certain circumstances where Kavod Abrios will win out, where the case of the Zakin doesn't have to get dirty, doesn't have to return the object, why don't we say that that's the paradigm for all of the Torah? That Kavod Abrios always wins out. Why not use this as the Binyanav, as the prime example, that since here there are certain times where Kavod Abrios wins out, for example, if you have an elderly person, doesn't have to get dirty, and his niece to pick something out of the sewer, and since Kavra Brios wins out over a Shavas Aveda, which is biblically mandated, why not extend that across the Torah and say that Kavra Brios always wins out? That's the Gemara's question. Like stripping down on a market. You're, you're, you're fixated on that. Okay. Now. Now. He's scared you're going to do that. I, I'm telling you. I challenge you That's to wear that on Shavas. Get up on the beam of Fernalia. I will take you down. That's a boss Okay. Suit. Yeah. Okay. Okay, for so we can learn that. But the Gemara says, why don't we learn that for everywhere? In other words, use that as a, an example. The Gemara says, There are three different concepts that we're going to learn in, in a momentarily, but, but 
from Isser, which is Isser Veheter, what's prohibitory and what's permissible, you cannot extend to monetary laws. There's a general rule in the Torah that Mamon, which is monetary laws, are very different than Isser Veheter. And therefore, just because this case is a case of monetary, <coughs> you're returning a lost item to make the person whole, to give him restitution, he lost his donkey, that you cannot extend out to Isser, prohibitory and permissible law. <coughs> With that in mind, let's just deviate for a second. Let's go off the Gemara for a second. <clears throat> the concept of los sasar, which means do not deviate from what the Chachamim tell you. Listen, there's a very, very, very famous Machlokas, Rambam and Ramban, which is really, really critical. <clears throat> and that is as follows. The Rambam says, every single thing that the Chachamim tell us, every single thing from A to Z, has the teeth, has the power behind it because of los sasar which basically means every time we violate a mitzvah de Rabbanon, we are actually violating a mitzvah in a Torah. And I'm going to read to you what he says. He says, This low saucer comes to include everything that is mentioned in the Gemara. Everything we learned after Yudgim Omidos, the... <coughs> The 13 different midos, the way to extrapolate halachas in the Torah that we say with Rabbi Shmuel in the morning, and anything that the Chachamim went ahead and instituted as a boundary. Whatever was needed at the time to maintain halacha, to, to maintain the, uh, the, uh, the integrity and the accuracy of the Torah, the Chacham instituted, they have behind it the power of, the, of, of this Pasuk. Uh, every single thing that Chachamim say is backed by is backed by the Pasuk if you were to go ahead and carry a lulav on Shabbos besides being over if there's no Erev besides being carried on you would violate because the Chacham said don't carry a lulav the first day you would violate Losasar <coughs> Comes and he says basically everything. The fact that you have Dal and Mean, in fact, you have Dal and Parshios, I mean, the fact that we go ahead and have Shneos Larayos, right? Secondary, Basar Ba'o, right? Basar Ba'chalav is Minatora, Of and Chalav, right? Minatora, you're allowed to have, I'm not, I'm not condoning it, but you're allowed to have a chicken, a chicken burger with cheese, whatever, right? You can have milk and and chicken together, Minatora. Midrabana and Of and Chalav is not allowed. So he says, every single thing that the Chacham say, if you violate it, you now violate not only the Rabbana, but you also violate Losasar. Comes along the Ramban and says, I have a bomb kasha on that. If that's the case, we have a principle that every time you're in a suffix, in a, in a situation of doubt, what's the rule of thumb? Suffix daraisa lechumra, suffix de Rabbanon, kula. What's the problem with that? If every Right, you never have a suffix Durabanon. If every Durabanon is really a Daraisa. But it's not really a Daraisa. That's what the Ramah is saying, it really is a Daraisa. No, you're saying no, so. No, it has, it has the strength of. Right, but so you're violating the Pasuk of Losasar. But we know that it's the Rabbanon. But, we know that it comes correct, from. Correct, but the how do Rabbanon have authority to tell us? Why are we obligated to listen to them? Because it stems from the Pasuk of Losasar. You cannot deviate from what the Chachamim tell us. So if you're going to have a suffix and say Lakula, and you can go, then you're violating the Pasuk of Losasar. In other words, if everything has the I, I power... I understand what you're saying. It's not me, it's the Ramban. But, yeah. right? but the Ramban is basically saying you'll never have a situation 
where this, this Shas wide rule of Suffolk to Rabban Lukul applies, because in actuality, the Rambam says, when over below Sasa, anytime you violate even Neros Hanukkah, you're violating Lasasar. If you don't. Every time there's a halakhic question, every single halakhic question, it starts with, okay, what part of this is Daraisa? What part of this is Correct. Correct. Every single time. You listen to every halakhic discourse, every time, even, you know, certainly a modern. I, it's a question or a statement. I'm, no, I'm being serious. It's, like, it's, what, uh, it's, yeah. it's a statement. Go, I'm agreeing with you. So we have to know what the what the what the what's giving its teeth, what what the power, what the source of our obligation to listen to it is. If it's Torah, midrabanan, but according to the Rambam, if every single thing that the Chum say stems from this pasuk, then it really has it's biblically mandated to listen to it. Right. So even if the Chachamim say it, it's coming from Hashem. Hashem says whatever they, they're my mouthpiece, whatever they say, you have to listen to it. So you never really have a suffix rabbanon because in actuality it's always what's a suffix. The answer? Oh, good. <laughs> <coughs> You're presupposing there is an answer. So there is an answer. Not everyone likes it, but there is an answer. So the answer given... So first I want to give... I don't even like the question. You don't like the question? No. Wait, 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 well, hold on. No. Ooh, part, tough crowd. Yeah, in, the structure, in the structure of the case, though, you just said that there is Hashem's mouthpiece, right? What got Correct. That is a low saucer going against a certain myth of the 613 where they're, they're deriving their, their substance from or going against all the so, good. So, or, or if it's Hashem's mouthpiece, then does that override? Good question. So the question is, to the, when did the Chachamim, can they ever override the Torah if they're always backed by the Torah? And the answer is yes. Sometimes they can do things with Sheva Taisa. Well, th- we've discussed this. And in other words, they can never tell you that, you know, you, you must eat Chazer. They can't tell you to go ahead and override a Torah. They can, it, with Kumvase, with an active right. a- a action. They can tell you to sit and refrain. Right. Don't blow Shofar on, on Shabbos. Don't blow, don't carry lulav. They can tell you to shave out Tyson. Don't do, don't do, don't do. But to go, to get up and do that, they can't do. So now. <clears throat> right, that's, that's during the time of Shema, but right, correct. But now, so, so the answer. So the answer is, and I'm going to explain it more with a Meshachachma. Don't jump down my throat if you don't like the answer, because I'm going to explain it more. The Meshachachma explains it beautifully. But the answer is given by the Lecha Mishnah, according to Kiryas Sofer, it says as follows. He says, when the Chachamim instituted this concept of Suffolk the Rabbanon, the Kula, and Suffolk the Rais of the Chumra, it was only had in mind those things that are Vadai the Rais. In other words, the concept of Suffolk the Rabbanon, the Kula still exists. This concept, there's this rules. Who made up the rules? Suffolk the Rais of the Chumra, Suffolk the Rabbanon, the Kula, the Chachamim. They made it with the intention that only if it's a suffix, then by definition, it's not that the rule doesn't apply. In other words, no sussur doesn't apply in the makam of suffix. When they instituted this halacha, they said only if it's a vadai dirabanon, or then it has the power of a of a daraisa. But if it's a suffix dirabanon, then you can go ahead and invoke this this rule, but it doesn't violate the losasur. Let me explain it better now with the meshachachma. The meshachachma says as follows. What is the purpose of the Chachamim instituted halachos, siyagim or takanos? It's to prevent halachic anarchy. Well, Ramban says this also, and we'll get to it, if not today, tomorrow. If everybody would think that they can go ahead and make their own decisions, then you'd have many Toros, says the Ramban. There won't be one unifying Torah. There has to be, just look at it right now. When, when people go to Israel, you have for, for the, the um, one day, two days. Thank you, Jack. You have 12 different, there are only four opinions, but you have 12 different uh, practices. If you're Chabad, you hold it wherever you are. You hold, when Rome, do as Rome. If you have a house, maybe some you can hold one day. The Chacham Tzvi says a day and a half. Uh, most people say two days. It, it's, there's so many different opinions that everyone thinks that they're their own posek. 
Some people don't ask because they don't want to get the answer. So the, right, but whatever it is, everyone does their own thing. The, to prevent halachic anarchy, you have to have some kind of unifying body. Says the Meshachachma, the only time that you violated the Rabbanon is if you do it in a derech merit, he says. If you do it in a rebellious way. The Rabbanon said, don't blow shofar. No, I'm going to disregard what they say and I'm going to blow shofar. That's when you violate losasar. But if you're doing it in a rebellious way, showing that you're completely shirking the, the bird, the, 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 uh, okay. the acceptance or the opinion of the Chachamim. But if it's in a Makam Safek, it's in a place of doubt, and you're not even sure that this is Asr Midrabanan, how could you say you're revolting, you're rebelling? You're throwing off their opinion. You're not disregarding their opinion. Their opinion was only said in a, in a certain definitive situation. It's not a sign of rebelliousness or revolt if you go ahead in a makom of Suffolk, disregard what they say, and you say, I'm going to pass in the kula. Give us an example of uh, Suffolk. Uh, that... Okay, did I bench today or not? So if most brachos, if you're not sure you made a bracha, you don't go ahead and repeat it. If you're not sure if you put on tefillin today, you are in a stupor. Or you're not sure if you bench because the meal took three hours, and you're not sure if you bench, you have to bench again. That's a, that's a Suffolk, the Raisa, the Chumrah. But if it was a other bracha, if you're not sure if you made an asher yotzer, let's say, which is bracha shavach vada, so you wait till you go to the bathroom again. You wouldn't necessarily say the bracha again. But in other words, you're not saying I went to the bathroom and I'm not going to say asher yotzer. The chachamim had no idea what they were talking about. It's not a miracle that I can empty my bowels and there are other people who are not able to. If you're doing that, that's in a rebellious way. That you violate losaser. But if it's in a situation, I'm not sure if I made the bracha or not. And if I already made the bracha, even though it's a beautiful tefillah, I may be over according to the Rambam, Losisa, saying Hashem's name in vain, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass in the kula, I'm not going to say it. Is that, anyone would say you're revolting against the Chachamim if you're not saying the bracha again because you don't want to use Shema Hashem unnecessarily? Does that sound like a rebellious person? No. So that's what the Meshachachma says. This whole concept, it's a beautiful answer. He, 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 he goes on a very, very, very long piece. And he says, you have to look at what the intentions of the persons are. And, and you, from the situation will dictate and will reveal to us what, if he's doing it in a rebellious way or not a rebellious way. So that's the answer that, that, that he gives. Who asked, who asked what's the answer? Uh, you asked, okay? Good, okay, so I have to be, ha- also, I'm not sure. He's not happy with the question, certainly not happy with the answer. Okay, now, very another interesting thing. In Parsha Shoftim, it says, Parsha Shoftim, the Pasuk says, Ki mimcha dovar, when something baffles you, halacha baffles you, ki mimcha dovar between dam, between bloods, bein din din, between verdicts, or between different plagues. Listen to what the Pasuk says, divrei riros b'sharecha, will come to lead to arguments and to machlokes, v'kamta v'alisa l'amokam asher yivcha Hashem l'kachabo, you should get up and go to the place of Hashem, um, um, selected, and you'll go to the Shoftim. Listen to what the Vilna Gon says here. Unbelievable. Listen to this shot. How we interpret this Pasuk. So the Vilna Gon says, we just said that we don't learn out from Mamon to Isser, right? In other words, this case of Vissalamtavim by Ashavas Aveda has to be viewed in a vacuum. You cannot use that as a paradigm to say, well, if the Zakin, if the elderly person doesn't have to get down and dirty, and for that case, Kavad Abrios wins. Maybe Kavad Abrios should win and override all the, the mitzvahs of the Torah. Just like it overrode Hashavas Aveda. Gemara says, no, that's a case of Mamon. And Mamon to Isser lo Yalfinan. What does that mean? We cannot extend from Mamonos to, 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 uh, to Isser. So the Vilna Gon says, all three areas of Shas are mentioned in this Pasuk. It says, Ki Pale Mimcha. When Allah will come to you and you'll be baffled, Bain Dam Ladam. 
He says, the Vilna Gon says, Ben Dam, Dam is referring to Isser Veheter. Now you would think, what's it talking about? Dam Nida. Now, Dam Nida is not talking about Tumantara, and the proof is, because we don't observe Tumantara today on Midir Isla on Torah level, but we do observe Nida on a Torah level. So Dam Ledam says the Vilna Gon is referring to Isser Veheter. Ben Din Ledin, verdict, Ben Din Ledin is talking about monetary, Mamon. And Ben Nega Lenega, different types of lesions, Saras, so on and so forth, Zav, that's referring to, um, that's referring to uh, Tuma Vatara. So this pasta contains all three areas of Shas. Dam Ledam is <coughs> Isr Veheter, what's permissible and what's prohibited. Din Ledin is Mamonos, and Nega Lenega is Tumantara. And, and to further prove that all three are separate, this is irrefutable, listen to this. In a, to show that all three of these areas are distinct, we can apply what would happen <clears throat> in a case of suffix of all three. So what's the, what do we do by a case of Isr Veheter, Dam Ladam? We just said, in the place of suffix, suffix Daraisa is the Chumrah, suffix Darabon Lakula, that's one rule. What do we do when there's a suffix by, by Din, by Mamanos? What do we say? Hamotzi Mechavero, Alavaraya. If you're saying you took from me, I'm saying I didn't take from you. Well, if you're the one who's the plaintiff, it's on you to prove for me. It's a place of Suffolk. We're not sure what happened. So the burden rests on Ayal. If he's claiming money from me, it's not that there's no... We're not sure. He's saying A, I'm saying B. If he's trying to extract money from B, from me, then it's upon him to prove that he lent me money and I didn't pay him back. And what's the case of Suffolk by Tumantara? There's no Doraisa Lechumra. Or, or the Rabban Lakula, the halacha, the suffix of ma- by Tumantara is? Very good. Very good. <laughs> so <clears throat> the difference is by Rishus Harabim, if they're, right? Let's switch seats. So by Rishus Harabim, if you have a suffix of Tuma or Tara, we say Rishus Harabim, it's Tahor. Rishus Hayochit, if the suffix, the place where the suffix of Tumantara will dictate what the halach is. So if it's in a place of Rishus Hayochid, then it's Tomei, and if it's Rishus Harabim, it is Tahor. So all these three umbrella terms have a different application in a case of suffix. shows that there are three separate areas. Now we understand why the Gemara says you can't learn out from a Shavas Aveda, which is a case of Mamanos, to Isr Veheter. Because just because by Shavas Aveda, Kavod Abrios wins out, does not necessarily mean you can extrapolate from that that it will apply to other areas by Isr Veheter. Does that make sense? So we see the three different areas in this Pasuk based on the Gra, and we see that all three, di- three terms or three concepts in Shas have different applications entirely So you, based on the case of Suffolk, what we do in all three, right? By Mamanos, Hamotzi Mechamil Varaya, you have to, the proof of burden is on the one who's trying to extract, on the plaintiff. By Ren case, Isr Veheter, if it's a case of Daraisa, it's Lechumra, Darabonal, it's Lekula. And the case of Tum and Tarot, it's nothing to do, the only thing, the deciding factor is the logistical, uh, the location. If it's in a, in a Shus Harabim, then we pass in that Suffolk Tumah is Tahor. If it's Shus Hayochid, we say Suffolk Tumah is, is Tame. Okay, now, lastly, I just want to discuss Low Saucer. If you want to give this part, you can, re- you can give it, Ayal. <laughs> Low Saucer says as follows The Pasuk of Low Saucer, it says, I'm going to read this to you again. Based on what the Torah tells you and the Chacham tell you, you should follow. Do not deviate 
from what the Chachamim tell you, left or right. Comes along Rashi, and Parsha Shoftim says something unbelievable. Rashi says, Afilu omer lecha al yomin shu small, val small shu yomin. Even if the Chachamim tell you that right is left and left is right, you have to listen. You know what Rashi said? Even if they tell you what's right is wrong, what's wrong is right, you have to listen. The overarching power that the Chacham are given by this Pasuk is unbelievable. Rashi interprets it that even if they tell you, why does it say don't deviate left or right? To, to me, that if the Chacham tell you that left is right or right is left, you still have to listen to it. Now the interesting thing is Rashi's quoting the Sifri. What he leaves out, if you look at the Sifri, the, the Midrash, on the, on, on the Chumash, it actually says, if it appears in your eyes that left is right and right is left. Rashi leaves out if it appears in your eyes, which means that Rashi is even expanding what the, what, the, what the Sifri is saying. Right, the Sifri says, if it appears that what they're telling you is wrong, you still have to listen. Rashi leaves out those words, if it appears in your eyes, and says, even if they're telling you it's right, is, right is left, and left is right, you still have to listen. It's very hard to understand Rashi. Everyone understand what I'm saying? Rashi even takes it one step further which in direct contradiction to the Gemara in Yerushalmi, the Gemara in Horios, Horios, Yerushalmi says that only, why does it say left and right? Because they're telling you when, when they say left, it has to be left, and they have to say right, they have to be right in their verdict for you to listen to them. So Rashi's going, is, is only um, quoting part of the Sifri, but, but with the part that he leaves out is, is mind-blowing. Because the Sifri says only if it appears in your eyes that they're telling you right is left, and left is right. Meaning, if you think they're wrong, but they're really right, you still have to listen. So he, he's removing... If it appears in your eyes. And Rashi so says... He's removing the individual opinion. Correct. And he's saying... Right correct. Right. Meaning, even if they're wrong, you have to listen to them. Which removes Lashon Har and other things. Forget about Lashon Har, but they're talking about Psaq here. Yeah. Psaq. If, if the Chavim say that today, based on today, today's Rosh Chodesh, and we know it's clearly not Rosh Chodesh. If the Chavim say it's Rosh Chodesh, Rashi says you have to listen to them, even though it's the ninth or the 10th of the month. But it preserves the leadership position. Oh, good. But Okay, so not a dover is so, so in other words, sometimes if you can be machmir, okay, so now, so the question is, <clears throat> what are you talking about? Right, so that, okay, okay, so now, the, so, the, Uh, this brilliant rabbi that was actually correct. Rabbi Lezabin Horkinus. Right. Torah he. Right. So, but here, everything is the Chachamim are in this world. It's not Bashamayim. Exactly. Right. So, that, that would support exactly. Oh, okay. So, so it happens to be that. Perfect. So the Sif Chachamim actually backs up what Ron says and says that there is a principle of infallibility amongst the Chachamim. What the Chachamim say goes and. and Okay. But this has to do with majority of the, the majority of the uh, people. Now, that's something else. Right, you have to, yeah. that's, okay. Now, but there is a rabbinic infallibility. What? Why is there infallibility? That's what he's saying, what Rashi means. That Rashi, when the Chachamim are given overarching power to go ahead and say what they say. And obviously the Chachamim, we're not talking about someone fly by night, guy got smicha a day ago. We're talking about the gedolim of the, of the generation. If the majority pass in a certain way, because you still have to go after the Rabbim. And if they pass in a certain way, then, 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 no, then they're... The question is today is you don't have the, you if don't you don't have, have the, the, the if you don't have the level of the best in that we're, okay now the Abarbanel says the reason why the Chacham were giving such overarching power is because sometimes in any law even in Torah law we can't always get to the right answer for example we just said a motzi mechaveira olavaraya so if Ayal legitimately says that I owe him a hundred dollars and I do but what if he doesn't have proof of that so the way that the construct right now is is that he would lose out. Halachically, Hashem knows that I actually owe Ayala $100.
he just doesn't have proof. He's supposed the proof. The burden of proof is on him. For whatever reason, he, I, I didn't sign an IOU. He trusted me. He shouldn't have. And now he's, he's, he's I'm, I'm reneging on my, on my end of the deal. But so the Chachamim have to have the authority at some times to intervene, says the Barbanel. It may not make sense to us, but sometimes because even Torah law allows room for error. Give the, the perfect example. He's a legitimate petitioner requesting money that I, I owed him. And technically, I know I owe him. Ayal knows I owe him and Hashem knows I owe him. No one else does. But the burden of proof is on him and he just doesn't have proof. So according to Torah law, he would lose out. So the Barbanel says there has to be some mechanism where the Chachamim go, go ahead and intervene in situations where, the, the, um, where it's not necessarily obvious that, uh, that, that the, the correct person is winning. The Ramban says, who said something about... No, it's only if you partially admit. That, that's something else. Well, there's a lot of different, a lot of different examples. <clears throat> I, Alan's giving one of them, but... Okay, now, lastly, the Ramban says something amazing. The Ramban says that you have to, this is what we touched on before, that you have to be able to have some kind of unifying um, body that's going to maintain halachic uh, uniformity and ma- prevent halachic anarchy. And he says that otherwise you're going to have many toros. And he says to that point... You, even if you, you're, you think they're wrong, he says, realize the same Hashem who told you to fast on Yom Kippur and not do Malach on Shabbos told you to listen to the Chachamim. Who's the author of that statement? It's the same author as the one who told us about Shabbos, who created the world. It's Yas Mitzrayim, Pesach. It's the same author. So it's the same commandment coming from the same uh, you know, um, president and, and chief. So you have to listen to that with the same regard. He says a perfect example. It says the Gemara Rosh Hashanah discusses that Rabbi Gamliel and Rishu had a huge machlokas when Yom Kippur was that year. And everyone knows the story that Rishua was made, Rabbi Gamliel, who was the Nasi, had to maintain halachic authority and made Yoshua, Rabbi Yeshua was no slouch, made Rabbi Yeshua come on Yom Kippur publicly carrying a stick and money to show that even though Rabbi Yeshua knew that today was Yom Kippur, Rabbi Gamliel had a difference of opinion. He made him come, and Rabbi Yeshua did it. And you know what the Mishnah says in Rosh Hashanah? Listen to the Lashon he says. He says, Rabbi Gamliel says to Rabbi Yeshua, I am commanding you to go walk to me in front of everybody on Yom Kippur with a stick carrying and with money. Because and you, you think today is Yom Kippur, I'm going to show you it's not Yom Kippur, and you're going to have to follow my... my, my, my uh, my tzivoy, my commandment, Rabbi Kiva went to him and he saw Rabbi Shua was very distressed. Long, the Mishnah continues at the end, Rabbi Shua went ahead and obliged. On the day that his cheshman, that his calculation turned out that according to Rabbi Shua was Yom Kippur, he still went and carried and walked to Rabbi Gamliel. Aman Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Gamliel sees him coming. Aman Rabbi Gamliel, the Nasi, Unishako al Rosho, kissed him on his forehead. Aman Rabbi Gamliel, Come in peace, Rabbi Vitalmidai, my Rebbe and my Talmud. Rebbe Bechachma, you are my Rebbe, you are greater than me in knowledge. You are greater than me in knowledge, Vitalmidai Shekibalta Dvarai, but you are my Talmud that you accepted my Psak. So we see the Ramban brings this proof. So the Ramban says there are times, even when we think that, that the halacha is wrong, that you still have to go ahead and listen to the Chachamim to maintain uh, a unifying body, to maintain the pre- preserve. The authority of the Torah. Otherwise, he says we're going to have Chas many Torahs. Everyone's doing their own thing, and that's why Los Sasser makes sense. And we have to follow the Divrei Chachamim under all circumstances. Have an amazing day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.